Tonight will be like no other. Tonight is the showcase of the immortals. They will achieve the impossible and forge new beginnings. Tonight, men will hunt down their dreams. Tonight, no one holds back. And tonight is where it all begins. Again. And that means that the Yeshiva League season is once again upon us. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Season 2 of The Court Report on the Nakam Sequel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nakam Sequel Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg, W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G, or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is YLS Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Generally, at this point, I'd tell you to email me at elliot.knockhamsequel.com, but I'm still experiencing technical difficulties retrieving email. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, do so. You'll have access to all of last season's episodes of The Court Report, plus you'll be able to send in comments for each show. I can't promise that we'll get to them with all the jam-packed action that we'll have each and every week, but if we get a big enough turnout, we might just make it a segment for future episodes. Speaking of our episodes, we have some awesome news for Season 2 of The Court Report. Uh, thanks to your support and your request for more, the show has been given up to a full hour. Uh, with these extra 30 minutes, I really want this season to become more sports talk radio than Sports Center, like it was last year. We'll still keep the same segments as we did last season, updating each area of the Yeshiva League, but we'll also dedicate a portion of our time to extended interviews and discussions about important topics in the Yeshiva League. Uh, for example, tonight, we're going to break down the 2014-2015 Yeshiva of a hockey league season and coach Mo Fuchs will be along to help us next week we'll be doing the same for basketball with the help of coach Avi Bornstein and in the weeks after that we will hopefully as things are not confirmed yet have a panel on girls sports and a special interview surrounding this year's Cooper Invitational Basketball Tournament that should sum up the first month of the new court report season before we talk to Coach Fuchs, I want to announce that this season, The Court Report is looking to become a show not only about you, but including you. We're looking for a team of kids to become part of The Court Report and help break down the weekly action. There will definitely be cool perks if you're interested. Please contact me. Uh, we've had some interest for varsity hockey and are still looking for JV hockey as well as JV and varsity basketball. 
I just want to remind everyone that the views expressed on this show are not meant to criticize, demean, degrade, berate, or disrespect any of the kids or their accomplishments, be they large or small. As legendary UCLA coach John Wooden wrote in his autobiography, They Call Me Coach, regarding sports levels, when it comes to majors versus minors, every sport is major to the participants, and we're here to enhance your playing experience, not discourage it. So nothing on this show is meant to highlight the negatives, only accentuate the positives. By the way, you're going to hear me talk about that book a lot over the course of the year because it's a phenomenal read, and in my opinion, should be required for all coaches and prospective coaches on every age level. Generally, the conversation that I'm about to have with Coach Fuchs would be written up and placed on the Jewish Hoops America forum, but that is no longer in existence, so please use this as an adequate, if not better, supplement. So without any further ado, let's get the 2014-2015 season started. I'm here with the Director of Hockey Operations and Varsity Head Coach at TABC, four-time Varsity Hockey Champion Mo Fuchs. Thanks for joining me today, Mo. My pleasure. How are you, Elliot? Not too bad. Holidays going well for you? Always a little too much food. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the uh, JV and Varsity Hockey preview for this coming year, the 2014-2015 season. We're going to break down, we're going to start off with breaking down the divisions, and then we're going to go into each team and how we think each team is going to fare. Uh, we'll have a couple of questions along the way that we'll tackle, and uh, we'll have a little discussion as to how we think things are going to go for the 2014-2015 season. So let's, let's jump in by breaking down the divisions. We're going to start off with the East. In the East, there are eight teams this year. Hafter, DRS, Flatbush, Rambam, North Shore, Hank, Mag and David, and Solomon Schechter. Out West, eight teams as well. TABC, Frisch, is it eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Yeah, there you go. Eight and eight. Uh, TABC, Frisch, Kushner, Ramaz, MTA, SAR, JEC, and uh, newcomers to the league, Heschel. Okay, so we're going to start off uh, discussing each team and our our thoughts for the coming season. So we'll start off in the East. I'm going to do these in order of where I think each team is going to fare for the season. Controversial call, uh, but there's a reason for it. I think the top team in the East this year is going to be DRS. Last year, DRS was the Eastern Division champions in the regular season. They were 12-2, and two, including two key wins over Hafter, but not the one that mattered. In the game in Lawrence Middle School in March, a 2-1 OT loss uh, with Ari Barrett scoring the game winner for Hafter in overtime. Two years ago, uh, in JV, this group lost 3-2 to two to TABC to finish uh, in the finals after going undefeated 10-0 over the regular season. Returning for DRS this year, arguably the uh, both the top goaltender in the league in Ari and the best defenseman in the league in Moshe Ganuth. Uh, offensively, it'll be Leo Rubin and Zach Fuchs leading the charge. Uh, Yehuda Simon and David Sofer will be major factors as well. Big losses on the year. Uh, Avi Janikowski, Sammy Rausch, Sam Gelman, Jeremy Barth, Rafi Spurn, some of the major players from last year's team that, went to the, that brought them to the finals. Also, while it really didn't hurt them much at the time, now is really the point where the loss of Evan Fader looms large. Uh, Fader switching to Hafter last year, beginning a trend that this year included JV All-Stars Sam Schechter and Gillard Kirstein. Uh, Schechter logged a fair amount of time on defense for Larry Gross's JV squad two years ago, and now a position that behind Gnuth is fairly thin to begin with. How does DRS compensate for these losses? Well, again, I think you need to take one step back, Elliot. I think Larry, like myself, has the same because I've gone through a migration. We had a bunch of kids a few years ago transfer to Frisch and to Kushner for one season. I lost my team last year. I'd lost five players from that JV championship team. I think the first thing you do as a coach is you say, 
I can only coach who's here. I can't coach who isn't here. So you need to go to your players and say, okay, it's like the next man up. Everybody else has opportunities. You take them, you work with them, and you go. I guarantee you Larry isn't crying in a corner saying who left. I'm sure he likes those kids. I'm sure they're very nice kids. He enjoyed coaching them when he had them. But he's not going to sit there and worry about that they're not here. He's going to take his players. And he's going to say, okay, who's going to step up and take these players' roles? And they're not going to look back. And again, they have a lot of talent. I mean, a kid like David Sofer, you know, I was in Morishaw with him. We talked about moving back to defense. He's extremely talented. He can go back. He can play up. Larry has a lot of flexibility there in moving him up or back. I believe they have a, a new kid playing who played basketball this past year, uh, Arie who's supposed to be very talented and fast. you know. So you have depth and you have an excellent goalie. Again, I don't think Larry's going to look behind him and worry about who isn't there. He's going to take who was there, and he's going to make the most of it. And I can pretty much guarantee you on a nightly basis they're going to be very competitive. Given where he was last year, how crucial do we do we believe that the play of Ari Guttenmacher is going to be the team's success? Well, I think any goalie, you know, this is the beauty of hockey, and that's what makes hockey great is you can have, I can take the worst team in the league and I can put an Ari Guttenmacher on that team and then they're going to be competitive every night. You have that goalie, of course it's going to be integral and he's going to have to play at the top of his game every night, but every team has that, I think, really, when you break it down. You know, every team has to come away with that goalie. I know there are teams that may score more and then less reliant on the goalie. But the bottom line in the end is it's hard to win without a competent goalie, if not a great goalie. Now, in terms of mentality, after, I mean, I know that coming from the TABC system where where winning has become a regular thing, especially in JV, um, there, have been, there are also teams on the other side of it. Having the mentality of having lost last year in overtime and having lost in JV, how do you break through that in order to put together in order to put together a season where you're not thinking, oh my gosh, what if it happens again? No, oh, well, it's a new year. You never think like that again. When I look at my varsity team last year, I think we achieved. I mean, people didn't think we would do as well as we did. I mean, we had one game last year we were not competitive, was in Hafter, and yet here we were in the semifinal game leading them 2-1 to one with six minutes left, and if not for a couple of tough breaks, whereas like we go back and say maybe a little puck luck, uh, maybe we win that game. I, I think we should have won that game. I think like we had the better of the play and we had all the momentum and just a couple of things ended up not working out. It wasn't meant to be. But I don't think you go in this year and any player is thinking like, oh, so last year we didn't win. I think, as a matter of fact, I mean, you have a core of juniors who won two years in a row and you have seniors that won a couple of championships already. So you have a lot of players who know what that championship feel is like. And if anything... This year's seniors are extremely hungry after that disappointment in the semifinals last year. Just taking a look at the grand scheme of things, with the players that DRS has lost, not so much from the team's perspective, but from the league's perspective, how does that change the landscape of the league now that you have DRS coming down a bit, half them moving up a bit? And we're talking about teams that two years ago when they were in JV just competed or just about competed at the level that the TABC JV competed at. Yeah, well, I think it changes. I think it certainly makes Hafter a lot stronger. I mean, Hafter's now much deeper is really what they are. I mean, they now have tremendous depth. And you know, Hafter's gone through a big transition because Mark Brew is no longer behind the bench. He was there for at least a decade. We'll get to that in about a second. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, know, you bring back Noah Weinreich, who's well-respected Hafter alum, and you bring in a Benji David man, and the David men know what they're doing. They're very well aware of what's going on here. 
So I think this is a team that certainly has to be reckoned with now, this Hafter team. Well, speaking of Hafter, that's next on my list. Like I said, controversial because some people might actually have Hafter just a little bit above DRS at this point. Last year, also 12-2, second place in the East in the regular season, but winners in the game that mattered for a squad that had never beaten Halb or DRS in their history. That's six years of futility going right up to that championship game. In terms of losses, big losses, uh, where do you begin with that team? It seems like that entire team is now gone. Joseph Kestenbaum, Jordan Gelman, Ari Barrett, Adam Schreiber, Mark Spivak, you know, the list goes on. Um, in JV two years ago, this current team finished 6-4 and four and fourth place in the division, losing to TABC in the first round of the playoffs. But this team is drastically different than that one, as we've said. You know, that team featured three sophomores led by Emil Schertz. Uh, this time around, they have Fader, as we mentioned, as well as a solid group of juniors, including JV All-Stars Zachary Kramer, Jake Berger, Yehuda Segelnik, goaltender Ryan Gluck. The inclusion of Schechter and Kirstein served to bolster the uh, group's run for next season, but uh, the disproportionate amount of talent coming from inexperienced junior class as opposed to the seniors is a bit of an issue for me this year, and that's sort of why I have them down a second. What do you think about that? Well, certainly the key to their team is going to be the jump of the juniors for this team. In other words, do they make the jump into the varsity level and play at a high level? And where are they in February and March, not even so much in October, November? And that's really where Noah and Benji are going to come in and have to work some magic to take these guys and and take them to another level. I mean, that's again, there's a lot of depth. He has a lot of guys to pick from and play, and it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, my guess is that some will make the jump and some may not, and by the time February rolls around, you'll see it and who's getting the bulk of the playing time on their team. It's certainly an intriguing situation. It's an intriguing team. It's a team that nobody's quite sure where they're going to be. I mean, I'm personally hosting them Saturday night, January 3rd, and I'm really looking forward to that night because it'll, it'll be an interesting night. It's definitely a game to circle. I know that it's on January 4th. We will be highlighting that game on the show. And I think they play at DRS on December 8th, so that's also one to take a look at because that's going to be sort of a little earlier, you know, before we reach or somewhere around the halfway mark. And a good look as to really where Hafter and DRS stand at that point, December, Monday, December 8th, in DRS. I mean, it's, it's fun to note that this is a team, this Hafter team, despite what happens this year, is a team we're going to be talking about next year, given all the inclusions, as well as the intriguing possibility of two other transfers who made their way over to Hafter from DRS. Uh, one we'll get to next week in talking about basketball with A.B. Perlow, who could potentially play for the Hafter team next year. Um, but also for a new JV transfer, which we'll get to later. So we're going to move right on now to the next team uh, in the division, which, which is the Hank Hurricanes. Last year, the Canes went 5-8-0-1, finishing sixth in the Eastern Division, losing to Flappers in the opening round of the varsity playoffs. Uh, so how, how can they make such a jump to third in the division? Very much in the way we talked about Hafter for next year, and the main core of last year's team was its junior class, led by defenseman Ezra Kushner and offenseman Josh Wangrowski, and Benji Hill, and netminder Josh Geller. The losses for the Canes due to graduation, with the exception of Noah Kahn and even Elon Tannen, who did not play over the season due to a lingering knee issue, were mostly insignificant to the successes that the team had last year. With the infusion of a handful of talented juniors, including Matthew Maslin, who impressed this year in Camp David, Hank is poised to make a run. The, the big question for Hank is going to be their secondary scoring. Wengrowski will put in his fair share, and Kushner has always been a steady contributor from the back line. But Hank is not going to succeed if it has to rely on, show, on just those two, putting major 
major stress on Josh Geller to be stellar in net. Uh, Benji Hill and Judah Walkenfeld, Hank's second-line offensemen, enjoyed moderate success last year on the scoring front, but will need to be more effective for Hank to have a shot at the last buy slot in the East. And we'll get to the playoff format. In, I guess now is actually a very good time to get to that. So the way it's going to work in the in varsity, and actually in varsity and JV, each division is going to have five teams as opposed to six. Last year, the West, the varsity West, was at the was at the head of that, having only five teams. While now it's down to five. Now my question is, do you see this as more of a shift to a competitive league, a more competitive focused league as opposed to inclusion? I don't know that I'd call it more competitive as opposed to inclusion. I mean, if we have had many a competitive six three games, so I would have stayed with six out of eight. Uh, I think it's about the kids and more kids to be included. And the six three games are competitive, so I don't. I'm going to say last year from when we faced Hank, we were my my team, my team the Flopish team, and Hank. That three six game, it was two nothing. It wasn't a, a a disparate game. I mean, we controlled most of the play, but Hank was right there and could have easily made it a closer game than that, and could have even potentially taken the game. But I always go back to I think it was two thousand and five. Solomon Schechter at twelve seed. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was maybe Frisch who they upset in the first round. That was actually us. Oh, I was you TBC. My fault. Yeah. North Shore. Next on my list, finished last year 6-7-0-1, fifth place in the division. Blue Rombaum out in Rombaum in the opening round, then fell to TABC in the quarters. Uh, two years ago, this group finished 7-2-0-1 and in second place in the division. So why the fall from grace? Uh, really only precautionary until we can determine whether goalie Ian Horn is suffering from any rust after having taken a year off. Other than that, North Shore is pretty much in the same boat as Hank, having lost only John Silverman and Daniel Rosen to graduation. Last year's varsity crew was backed by Harper Berman, who played well above his station, despite not having played net before, and whether or not Horn is an improvement after a year away remains to be seen. Uh, we'll get that first chance this Wednesday night as the Stars kick off the season against DRS in the greenhouse, a team that Horn has actually fond memories of facing, having defeated them as a freshman. Joining him will be senior Zach Godsey, Bailey Gressis, uh, Jonas Spielman, Todd Bruckner, and Bradley Lowy. Also playing varsity for the first time as a true member will be Iggy Weiss, a late-season sophomore call-up for last year's squad. Moving right along into Flatbush. The coach in me wants to rank them a bit higher, but the objective analyst in me says that this is you know, exactly where my Falcons will be fighting this year. Coming off the most successful campaign since the early 90s, uh, Flatbush finished 9-5, and five, including upsets of DRS and Frisch during the regular season, but falling to Frisch in the rematch in the quarterfinals. Uh, the losses for this crew were numerous in both volume and stature. Flatbush's entire top line, including Morris Bijou, Mo Mala, and goalie Steven Essis, as well as double-digit freshman scorer Sam Laniata returning to Flatbush's JV this year, as well as 5-6 of Flatbush's contributing defensemen, make for a very thin group with experience, leaving only Saul Sasson and Ben Volinsky as the mainstays of last year's uh, class. Joining them will be JV All-Star Moshe Luz, who will vie for the starting job in net, as well as Sam Beta, Ralph Kram, and Abe Goldman, who should work into the mix. Speaking of teams decimated by graduation, Rambam Ravens, who will be fighting for that last playoff spot, finished off last season at 7-7, seven and seven, putting them into fourth place in the Eastern Division. The Rambam returnees from last season can be counted on one hand with the only main participant being Avi Martin. The team will rebuild itself with the juniors gained from last year's JV final squad, All-Stars Ezra Cinnamon, Daniel Kerman, and Josh Saltzman. Given the lack of numbers and depth, the bulk of the work will fall on the shoulders of second-year goaltender Charlie Altman, best becoming a name in the league after a finals run in his sophomore year in JV and a stellar Camp David session this past year. What you're saying is, according to your rankings, Rambam will be on the outside looking in. You have a team, or at least... 
a group of guys who went to the JV Championship last year, including a starting goalie, who their coaching staff before the championship last year told me had come such a long way. And by the way, just I mean, Charlie's a great kid. And he, he did come a long way. But here you're talking about a starting goalie in a championship game. You tell me he's going to be on the outside looking in because we took out the sixth playoff team. Granted, maybe he can get them into that five spot, but it almost seems like your three, four, five, and six, if they flipped in order, wouldn't totally shock you. And that being the case, we're talking about a decent team going home, not even getting a chance to play a playoff game. And that's the outcome of this new of the new format, dropping the six. Right. So do, you can argue it makes it more competitive in the regular season, but I didn't know that our regular season wasn't competitive; that it needed to be more competitive. It's mm-hmm. kind of a shame because what we're talking about is we're here for the kids, and I just think that it'd be kind of a shame to send a group home, one of those 14. Again, I've always found it enjoyable and competitive, but this is going to make it even more difficult for those teams fighting for a spot. And that makes several of the games that they face each other in, Flappish, Rombaum, North Shore, and Hank, it's going to make the games that they play during this year an even more interesting uh, show yeah. to watch. And if, and if any of those teams can steal a point on half their DRS, it's only going to enhance those teams as well. All right. I'm just going to take a look at the schedule to see who faces who because the there are differences in how the East will face, who the East will face, and who the uh, West will face. Flappish has Hafter twice, DRS twice, Rambam twice, Megan David twice, Salman Schechter twice, Hank, North Shore, Kushner, and Ramaz. Rambam will have Hafter twice, DRS twice, Flappish twice, Megan David twice, Salman Schechter twice, North Shore, Hank, Ramaz, and Kushner once. North Shore will have the same, but two Hafter, two DRS, two Hank, two Megan David, two Salman Schechter, Flappish, Rambam, SAR, and MTA once, and Hank is going to have two Hafter, two DRS, two North Shore, Megan David, Salman Schechter twice, uh, Rambam, Flappish, MTA, and SAR. So the games to really circle, the two North Shore Hank games, the two Rambam Flappish games, and then the ones where they each face each other. You're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs, and we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 hockey season preview. So let's head over to the West now. For me, the number one team in the division is a pretty easy call. I have TABC as the number one team in the league this coming year. TBC finished 12 and 2 atop the West last year, lost in a semifinal thriller to Hafter 3 to 2 in overtime. Two years ago, this group won the JV Championship. So tell us about your team, Mo. Can we expect a similar run for the squad in varsity? Well, you certainly hope so, right? We have a lot of talent, and it's just a matter of how hard we're going to work to see to be there. I mean, it's a good group of guys. I enjoy it. We're. Our first game's coming up October 30th. We're hosting Ramaz. It's a tough schedule. It's a deep division. I mean, there are major changes to this division. Okay, from that JV Championship team, we are still down one player who had transferred out who's playing for Frisch and Rafi Sullivan. It should be a very competitive team, but again, you look at this division, it's a very tough division. I mean, this is as good as the West has been top to bottom. Every game is going to be extremely difficult. Coupled with my out-of-conference games, they're Hafter and DRS, so, you know, who you're ranking one and two in the uh, in the East. So we got 14 games on the schedule, and I expect 14 dogfights. So who can we look at from TABC to step up and, uh, and be main contributors for the teams this year? Well, I guess, you know, it's very interesting because 
you you know, we know about the juniors who are making the jumps. You could say similar to Hafter, there was like a core group, you know, five core guys who everybody knows about making the jump for us to play major minutes. No, it's that core being uh, Daniel Levy, Noller, Naor, Ari Fuchs. And, and Kolevninsky. Yeah, so those five core guys who had come up who had, you know, sort of led the GV team last year. And then you add them into a group of very solid seniors who've worked to earn playing time from Alex Malik, Ari Berman, Buddy Wise, Yoshua Lehrer, Ezra Schneier, my goalies in, in Alex Calber, Ami Levine. So you have, you know, a lot of depth. So, and it's just a matter of us now figuring out how well the pieces fit. Who from last year has been the hardest to replace? Who has been the hardest to replace from last year? I, I don't know that that's an easy question to answer. Not meant I mean, to be an easy question. Uh, look, Craig Klein played very well in goal for us, and we'll see how Alex and Rami shake out. And something about last year's team is they had an incredible amount of heart. You know, they really overachieved. If my team this year plays like that team did last year, then I say look out. So we need to bring the heart and soul of what last year's team did. Guys who who really achieved, Yosef Naor, Shmuley Levy, Shimon Kohn. You know, these were guys who a few years ago nobody looked at, nobody thought was any good. And these were guys who, who scored and contributed and and were major difference makers. I mean, David Semmelman, who will go down as one of the greatest stories for me in the history of my coaching career, the last player as a freshman on the JV team, smallest player. I mean, I think he was four foot two when he came in. You know, was the last guy on the bench, and as a sophomore, was a top four defenseman on a championship team, junior top four defenseman on a championship team, and uh, senior captain. And if everybody had that kid's heart, and knowing what he went through personally and losing his mother before junior year. And, you know, even I think back to his sophomore year in the JV championship, he had a basically a torn hamstring, wrapped it up. Norm said, you know, I'm not putting you back out. He said, you're not taking me out and wouldn't come out. He just took every other shift with one leg. It was, you know, unbelievable. So, again, if we bring that type of heart, then we'll be okay. That's what I'm this year. That's what I need to know if I'm replacing or bringing back. My next pick for the division is Kushner. Uh, the Cobras finished off last season 8-6, and six, third in the West, dropping the quarterfinal game to eventual champion Hafter. Two years ago, this group uh, was 5-5 five and five in JV, including a win over TABC and three of their five losses being one-goal games. Uh, the team returns most of its squad from last year, including all-stars Elon Slonim and Lewis Rees, as well as offenseman Effie Alman. Along with them will be junior goaltender Jack Rees and defenseman Alec Rabinowitz and Arthur Greenfield. Uh, the group may also benefit from the school's decision to field only one team, bringing players like sophomores uh, Ellie Slonim, Sam Roth, and Danny Blank into the mix a year early. I think what Paul did here was wise in combining his two teams and giving one and Coach team Paul to make the one team, to bring the sophomores up to varsity. We'll see if they can make that jump, but what they're really doing is they're giving that really excellent core group depth. And he can go to third line. I mean, it's been a number of years since Kushner could throw out a third line. I mean, what always had been sort of Kushner's problem when they had talent was a lack of depth. And without the lack of depth, they would run out of gas in these games. But this is a very dangerous team. This team has, you take a kid like Lewis Reese as a leader who I think Lewis is is a throwback. You know, he'd play hockey 24-7. I mean, he's just that type of kid. 
three in the morning, he would never say no. I mean, that's just how he's made up. He's a real, like I go back, you know, to the 80s playing, and this is the type of kids we had back then. It was just loving it and just playing, and that's Lewis. He's a real throwback, and I think that that team is extremely talented. So if anybody out there doesn't know from Kushner hockey being very good, this is a very dangerous and very talented team. Uh, Of course, when talking about Kushner, it must be noted the big shoes that need to be filled with the loss of league-leading scorer Ellie Schwartz. Uh, With the team that they have, is there someone that needs to step up to replace Schwartz? No, I again, very capable players, you know, on this team that could score a lot of goals. Elon Sloan him down to his little brother Ellie and it's it, it's a lot of guys. I mean again and Jack Reese is is very capable in goal, very capable. This is a team that could play with anybody. The one question you always have with Kushner is that they play in a rink, which gives them an advantage at home. The question is when they go out on the road sometimes to their disadvantage, I think. It's gonna be interesting to see when this team has to go out on the road again, I don't. They're not drawing Hafter and DRS in their crossover games, but I'm sure come playoff time, you yeah, know, they're going to see, see them in a couple teams. of weeks. Yeah, well, this is again it's, in in the rink. Well, I was going to say it's a shame for you because if you got them in that big flatbush gym, that would be a bigger advantage. Not necessarily. Last year we actually had that and we got drilled seven nothing, oh. and that was a game that we didn't have to see Lewis Rees or Elon Sloan, but. Speaking of the gyms, the same can be said for SAR, who play in similar style rinks. When the two of them get together, it's always fun because you see the two rink-style games uh, come, coming out to play. Again. Well, I'm sure their games are going to be ridiculously competitive as well because SAR is an excellent team. I don't know where you have them ranked, and it's funny. I don't know how you quite figure out all these because a lot of these teams from SAR... Frisch, MTA, these teams very are talented close. and very deep. Honestly, for each of the for each of the, the three through six here, you can flip them either way also. And this is, right, this is where also where a team like Frisch is going to be at a slight disadvantage in that their crossover games are DRS and Hafter. They drew because of their good record last year. On to the third seed, in the, the third team in the West for me, and that's Ramaz. I know it's a surprise to you. Last year, seven five zero and two, finished fourth in the division. Key graduates, all-star goalie Divi Grummet and defenseman Joe Barouche no longer around, leaving very big shoes to fill. Uh, my gut tells me that it will be on senior Ben Emmerich to try to replace Grummet's stellar play this season. The group retains Adam Lassner, Elliot Barrett, Cam Valinsky, Bradley Brecher, and second-year varsity junior Alex Glaubach. Joining them from that junior squad will be Jared Feingold and Gabe Silverman. Two years ago, the team finished third in the West, upsetting East number 2 North Shore in, uh, in North Shore. Having faced him last year as a sophomore playing varsity, how heavily does Glaubach fit into the success of this year's squad? Big time. I mean, this is, uh, again, a potentially talented team. One of the six that for sure should make the playoffs, and a good team in this division is not making the playoffs. Yes, Alex Glaubach is a huge player for this team. A lot of talent. Tough gym to play in in Mermaz, always difficult. You know, rubber floor, tough gym in Manhattan. This is an interesting, intriguing team. Moving right on to another team that's intriguing, uh, SAR. And we'll get to in a second exactly why they're intriguing, other than their rink. Uh, last year, 5-8-1, finished sixth in the division, missing the playoffs with the talent that they had. This year, it's an, still an immensely talented squad, having retained several of their key players in brothers Sam and Jack Schwabe, as well as netminder Gil Fortgang, who despite an off year last year, has proven in the past that he's capable of leading a squad deep into the playoffs. And Sefi Jonas. 
Joining them will be Daniel Best and Josh Wise, who are back uh, after a year off, as well as junior standouts Ezreal Lavi and Josh Rosenberg. Two years ago, this team dropped a one-goal game in the semis in DRS. If Fort Gang regains his playing form from two years ago, does this squad have the talent to get back there this year? Absolutely. Look, this is a very well-coached team. You know, Howie, Noah, they do an excellent job. Again, to me, the biggest home advantage in Yeshiva sports is the SAR rink. A very tough, physical, talented. Again, this is a throwback team. This is a team that would have loved playing in the 80s with all-out hitting, that's for sure. You know, their biggest question is going to be the scoring was their problem two years ago when they were sophomores in a very talented group. They destroyed a very talented TABC team in SAR and then came to TABC and couldn't score. It's an interesting group. They've shown now that they can win in DRS. Last year they did for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring back, you know, guys like, like you said, Daniel Best and Josh White. We're talking about the back. JV team that won in DRS. So the... the, so the the sophomore members that are now juniors. Correct. And you have a very, very talented, good group here coming up. The guys like Ellie Best and and, and uh, Andrew Teagman and a couple other guys on this team that come up. You know, Josh Rosenberg, there's a lot of talent. There's, you know, this is a very dangerous team, especially in their rink. They're, they're interesting in that, like Kushner, it's going to be interesting to see when they come outside the rink how they play on the road. I almost feel like it's like those teams in the NFL who dominate the New Orleans Saints. They dominate in their home rink, and then when they go out on the road, sometimes struggle. So, look, their coaching staff's well aware, and they know what they have, and they're going to be incredibly difficult to play in their rink. But when they come out, and again, the team here that's getting hurt the most is a, a talented first team because Frisch has the hardest schedule of the six, or you could say Frisch and TABC really have the hardest two schedules because of our out-of-conference games are harder. For me, that's one of the reasons why I have Frisch actually down at five in the division. Last year, 10-4, and four, second in the West, defeated Flatbush 3-2 in the quarters before being steamrolled in the semis 8-1 by DRS. Two years ago, 6-4 and four in fourth place. So, and they took DRS to OT before falling. So their schedule, it really doesn't help them. From, from last year's solid team where you had players like um, Jason Levine, Max Rimberg, John O'Weichner, and Jacob Levy, who are now gone. It doesn't really help this year's squad, which is which is led by Mikey Rubin, Abe Gelman, Odi Haramadi, three-year varsity goalie Alex Kirschenbaum, as well as junior standouts Mike, Mike Reinhardt and Jordan Sokoloff. The... The schedule, as we have it set up, where what you do one year directly affects the hard, the, the level of schedule you're going to have the next year. It doesn't help Frisch at all. No, it actually it hurts them in that respect. I mean, again, you also you forgot Stevie Brin's a very talented player. Jacob Bach is a talented player and a tr- tremendous penalty killer. Uh, look, they, they're definitely hurt by that, but they have one other major addition to this team, Elliot. They added Yaakov Lisker as an assistant coach. He was my assistant coach for 12 years. He's the finest teacher of goaltending. So whether it's Alice Kirschenbaum, Matty Reinhardt, Josh Eagle, whichever kid wins that goaltending battle is going to be because they listen to Yak and learn from Yak. So that's going to help them tremendously. I, I can't imagine he won't get at least one of those three guys to play above where he was before. Rounding out the playoff contenders for the West, 
is the MTA Lions. Uh, MTA snuck into the playoffs last year with a record of 5-5-2-2. The team loses goaltender Eitan Shear, who served as one, as really the lone bright spot of last year's senior class. This year's class is anchored by defensive stalwart Sev Markowitz, Ami Rosenfeld, and Jeremy Borgen, who will man the line in front of Shooky Weinstein back in net for the first time in two years. Big question for MTA is who is going to score? Ezra Quint has been solid for the Lions heading into his senior year, but is there anyone other than him that can shoulder the load, really? Ami Rosenfeld? I was thinking more offensively. But, yeah, there's no question that that, that, that group can score goals. And Camp David, Markowitz, and Ami Rosenfeld had two very, very, very good Camp Davids to talk about. But you're picking this team not to make the playoffs. I'm picking this team to be just on the outside looking in. And this is a team with tremendous talent who you yourself came back from Camp David and said this is a very talented team. You were very impressed with Zeb Markowitz. You're... And as you should be, Zev's a very talented player. Yeah, I was on the end of a couple of Zev Markowitz. Right. I was wondering that, uh, whether Shuki would go back in goal or not this year. He played very effectively as a defenseman last year, so it's very rare that you see a player come out of goal, go play defense at a very high level, and then go back into goal. So very interesting in that respect. Rounding out the... The division will be JEC and Heschel in that order. Tell you this, whoever gets that five could beat the four, and the three could beat the two out east, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, once we flip over to Olympic style, all bets are off, really. It's funny because I don't remember a year where I think that the league is this deep because based on what you're saying is we could have five, six, seven teams that you could say today could could realistically win a championship, and I don't think we've said that in many years. To my knowledge, I don't, at least in the last decade that I've been a part of, whether it's coaching or doing analysis, I haven't had this much trouble splitting hairs. Right, which makes the thought of March 8th and Lawrence Middle School, you could have so many different combinations that just wouldn't shock you and i have to say i don't think there's ever been a west west final so it, i don't believe there's ever been a there have been an east east final MTA after frisch, 2005 mta frisch 2005 yeah that's it's a long time ago elliot nine nine years ago correct just off the top of my head that, yeah, was, that was very good i'm impressed you're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs, and we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 Hockey Season Preview. We've gone through Varsity. We're going to pick it up with JV. We'll start out in the East. Nine teams in it. Rambam, DRS, Hafter, Flatbush, Hank, North Shore, Megan David, YD, Ian Shari. It's the only lopsided division in the entire hockey league. Uh, out in the West, TABC, Frisch, SAR, Ramaz, MTA, Hillel, JC, and Westchester, who's moved over from the East. So in the East, you have YDE, who was a varsity contender only last year, coming down to play in JV. And you have newcomer Shari Torah, and you have Westchester moving over from from east to west to replace a now non-existent Kushner team. Starting out back in the east, we'll start off with Ramba. Last year, they were 9-1. and one. Key players for this year uh, returning are Harry Tannen, Avi Orlau, Daniel Itzhaki, Daniel Lichter. It really, the list goes on with the amount of talent they have. They also gain some of the best talent from the New York Junior High League. Zach Finkelman, Benny Schillag, Ethan Sullivan, Jacob Corman. They are my consensus championship pick. There is, though, a question about new goaltender Daniel Petro Petrokowski. Uh, Petro is a, it comes from basketball. 
And it's a question if he's ready for hockey due to his lack of experience. Moving right along to goalies uh, leading teams, my next pick for the division is DRS at 8-2. and two. Last year, DRS lost in the first round overtime heartbreaker to SAR. Key returning players for that team, Sammy Brew, Andrew Giller, Miles Peller, Jeremy Schreiber. Key gains, Jake Weinstock, the Goldberg twins, and Jakey Friedman, arguably the best goalie in the league. Uh, the biggest problem last year, though, for DRS was their lack of scoring. It doesn't help them that they have also lost Donnie Goldberg now. As I mentioned before in varsity, there was a JV player switching over to Hafter, and that was Goldberg. The question is, you know, there's a lot of talent, but where is the scoring in that group? They had Bruce Schreiber, Moshe Simon, Ellie Levine, a lot of great talent. But you need somebody to step up and score. They work very well with each other. They're great passers. But somebody's got to put the ball in the net. I think the other question is, who do you start in net? Where you have Jakey Friedman and you also have Noah Wilkowski and A.J. Chesser all vying for position. Elliot, when you have a talent like Jakey Friedman, it's hard to believe that he's not going to be your starting goalie, even though he's the freshman and the other two are sophomores. First of all, Jakey is built like a senior. Second of all, when you have a talent, you're saying about DRS's inability to potentially score, they could score two every game and win. They could score one every game and win if you have that type of talent. Obviously, on the opposite side, you first talked about a Rambam team, which is as offensively loaded as any team we've seen in many years. Like our, I think like our JV TBC team last year, which was probably our greatest scoring team ever, and averaged greater than five goals a game. This Rambam team can score. So when those teams play, it's going to be an incredible contrast of a team that plays strong defense against a team that's geared up to score and play a wild shootout. As somebody who's worked very closely and benefited from Jakey Friedman's play, I know Jakey's ability level and I know what he can do for this DRS team. In the end, it's hard to imagine that even if he doesn't start Jakey at the beginning of the year by game three or four, that Jakey won't have played his way into the starting role for this team. He could start for half the varsity teams. The third team in the division, Flatbush, last year, 4-4-2. and two. Key returning players, Joey Habert, Aaron Kuby, Natano Nemet. Key adds for this year, um, Sam Laniato coming back down from varsity, and uh, Nathan Mosseri. The freshmen, though, uh, Murray Dweck and Burt Robertson. Laniato, arguably the best player in the JV League, and return of Mosseri, one of the top offensive lines in the league, the two of them. Problem, though, is behind Laniato on defense, there's, there's, there's sort of a lack of experience with the loss of Bobby Sasson. Making Laniato the only sophomore. Hopefully, Sam does more of the magic that he did last year in varsity. I don't. I know you didn't get a chance to see Sam last year. Sam, I believe he double-digit goal score. I believe it was 17 goals, including playoffs. Well, 17 goals as a freshman in a varsity league is impressive, no matter what. So coming back as a sophomore now, the only question you wonder with Sam is, will he feel the pressure? Because he's clearly not only the best player on the team, he's the leader of the team. He's the only sophomore on the team. So the question is, is he going to feel too? much pressure. I mean, you would know that better. Just as somebody who's seen Sam play since he was in sixth grade, the kid thrives on the pressure. He he loved every minute of being a uh, starting offenseman for a varsity squad last year, and he, he carried his Flatbush Junior High team on his back two years ago when he was in eighth grade. So I, I think the kid lives for it. I think he, he loves the, the situations where he gets to step up. Last year when we were playing North Shore, we were down 4-2 with eight minutes left in the third period. And I think he went off for, he had four goals that game, and I think two or three of them came within those last six minutes alone. 
So then the real question with Flappish is going to be how those freshmen step up by the time February comes around, because that's really the question. It's not what they are in October. It's what they are in February and March. Now, taking it step by step, we have our first game on October 29th against North Shore, and North Shore is, another, is going to be one of those bubble teams that we'll get to in just a minute. Next up for me is, surprisingly, Hank, 3-6-0-1-1, didn't make the playoffs last year. The reason why is surprising because last year they were mostly a sophomore team. The key returning players, Eric Lenevsky and Kenny Shear, were really one of the only freshmen on the teams. Though it's the key additions that really make this team who it is. Top five uh, freshman defenseman, Jacob Schwartzman, and key transfer, Joseph Lindenblatt, coming back over from North Shore to uh, play in the same gym where he played during his years during junior high. Also coming back uh, will be Andrew Marks, who will vie for the starting goaltender spot. The big question, though, is this is a very offensive-minded team, which puts the strain, which on Marks played goalie in over a year. Hafter, 7-2-0-1-1. They lost to Rambam in the semifinals. A very, very, very close game. But their team was almost, the, the, the team that contributed was almost entirely sophomores that have moved up to varsity. It doesn't mean that, you know, that they're a bad team. I mean, here, they're, it's, they're a good freshman class. They have Jacob Kramer, Daniel Salzberger, and their power is actually going to come from the sophomores that they gained in Donnie Goldberg and Brian Fall. The two uh, will bolster a back line with scoring that would generally be left just for Kramer, a freshman to handle by himself, and they should battle with Hank for home court in the play-in game. Now, my final two teams that are going to be vying for a playoff spot are North Shore and Mag and David. The question here for each of them is, for North Shore, it's going to be the decision on what happens with Jack Tagerstein and Net. Right now, North Shore is trying to decide whether or not they want to bring him up to varsity to back up Ian Horn just in case. If Jack Tagerstein plays JV, I think that team has a shot to make the playoffs. If Jack Tagerstein does not play, I think that they're on the outside looking in. Hey, why would they pull him up now? They could pull him up at any time during the year, but once he starts on varsity, he can't go back. It's a fair point. It's a, it's a good question. The rules are that you can be called up at any time before January 1st, but once you're on that roster and once, you're, once you participate in that first game, your JV eligibility is gone. On the other end of things, Mag and David. Mag and David also has the opportunity to sneak in for that last playoff spot. The question is, will Michael Mamie have to do it all himself? Looking at the schedule in the East, because unlike unlike Varsity, this is where... Well, this is where Hafter gets destroyed. Oh, yeah. I think this is something we agree. This is where Hafter really draws a short end of the stick, because they're going to get Rambam and DRS for four games, and these other teams like Flatbush, Hank, North Shore, Mag and David are not. You hit on something that I was thinking about the moment that I found out Shari might enter the league. Because the way it would have worked before, as much like it is in, in, J, in, sorry, in the JV West, where you have the top four competing against each other twice and the bottom four competing against each other twice. So you would have had Rombaum, DRS, Hafter, and Flatbush each facing each other. And so Hafter didn't change much. The only one who gains out of that group is Flatbush. Because Flatbush escapes having to face Rombaum twice, escapes having to face DRS twice, gets North Shore and Mag and David for four out of their ten games. Hank is the same way. Granted, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had to have 
faced Rambam and DRS twice, but they draw YDE and, and sorry and Shari Torah twice. Yeah, I mean, looking at this schedule, I mean, Hank only draws Flatbush once, Rambam once, DRS once, and Hafter once. So they have clearly the best schedule of anybody. And that's why I have Hank over Hafter. When you look at it, Hafter's going to have to fight to earn that to earn that last spot. I think they will earn that last spot because I think as a team they're better than Hank. I really do. I think that they'll beat Hank. I think the issue though is when it comes to schedule, Hampton's going to be fighting and having to win those games that they play against Megan David, YDE Shari, Hank, and Norshaw, they're going to have to win those five just to stay in the hunt for that fifth spot. Well, if YDE and Shari Torah are not competitive, then that's four easy wins for Hank. I mean, that's that's just... It's going to be down to Norshaw, Megan David, and Hafter to fight for that fifth spot. Now that, well, a different story than Varsity, because JV last year was only four teams from each division. Correct. So now we've added a team in JV, and that's the trade-off. But now... It gives these three teams the extra incentive to keep playing and to work for that last spot because Hafter's going to be on the short end schedule-wise. But if they win the games that they need to win, they're making the playoffs. And a team like Mag and David or North Shore or that has a harder, that has an easier schedule, maybe on the outside looking in. It could also be that let's say let's say Hank did pull the four slot and let's say Hafter pulled the five slot. If you're saying Hafter's better, Hafter could very well go to Hank in that five-four game and take them out. You know, I, I'm just saying that when you look over the schedule, Hank, Hank got a nice draw as far as the unbalanced schedule. Right. So we absolutely agree on the winners and losers of the Eastern Conference schedule. You're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs. And we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 Hockey Season Preview. Let's move on to the West. For me, the number one team in the West, Frisch. 8-2, second in the West, upset by Hafter. They return Yehuda Brin, Johnny Newman, Alter Hammerman, Swilowitz, Silver. They're, they're stacked to the hilt in terms of depth. Top three JV freshman class, including uh, Joey Tropp, they got Freilish, uh, who's going to be competing for the, for the net position. And they're even going to gain from sophomore by having Evan Froman, who played basketball last year but had a solid camp of it. Uh, they're easily the most talented group in the West. A great scoring, great defensive depth. The question is going to be who plays goalie for them this year because, as we've discussed, uh, it's going to be a, a battle between Freilish, uh, sophomore Benny Sokoloff. Uh, Sokoloff is looking to play after a year on the bench behind Matt Reinhardt. You didn't even mention a Benji Feintuck. Oh, absolutely. He's an excellent freshman. So th- this is a team that's loaded. It's going to be very interesting to see how they compete when they reach playoff time. This is everybody would be shocked if they're not one or two, certainly in the West. And they should be one. On paper they're ones. It's gonna be interesting to see. But again, I think always with Frisch, it's when they hit a speed bump, how are they gonna to react to it? But very talented, very, very good team. Two in the division I have right now, and I say right now because it depends on how the play goes out the year. I have SAR in the two slot. SAR last year seven and three, including a victory over T A B C in the regular season. Losing to TABC in the semis, though, after that uh, 1-0 overtime thriller against DRS. Returning player, Freilish, who last year jumped out to, I think it was 13 goals in the first three or four games. He was phenomenal last year. Also coming back is Joey McGillner. Their strength, though, is definitely going to be in the top freshman class, the number one freshman class in uh, JV this well, year. Well, you also shouldn't forget Ellie Gelfand. is a very, very solid player. is a sophomore this year. Uh, and the freshman class that they're go- that's going to join them is uh, includes top five defensemen, both 
of them, Jason Burian and Shua Friedman, and top freshman Gordy Cole. Uh, the majority of that team, that freshman class, has played for the last few years together, including uh, last year's Hamish Championship team, and not to mention uh, Adam Weiss, who they gained from Mariah as well. The group has worked together for a long time and is comfortable with each other. Well, Benny Lasher, is a, who played in my junior league, but went to Ben Parat Yosef, so didn't play in the league. Again, Benny's not big in stature, but an extremely talented player with the pub. This is a very talented team, a very well-coached team. As you know, we talked about Noah Howie and Zach Fine, who, who joins them on the JV, playing with the biggest home advantage in the league. The biggest question when it comes to this team is going to be in goal, whether Jacob Nawitz who's probably the starting goalie, can step up. You read my mind. I saw him play over the summer, and he played very well. The question is whether or not he can handle that through through a 10-game season. Would would it shock anybody for this team to step up and take the one over Frisch? Uh, No, it would not. TABC. This may be a year where deservedly so a little lower down. Last year they're 9-1. They won the championship for the sixth year in a row. What does Norm have this year? What Norm has this year is what he has every year. And that's he's got a team that's going to work really hard because Norm is extremely demanding in a positive sense. Very, very large freshman group and a very small sophomore group. Again, I think Norm thrives and loves to thrive when he's told that he has no chance. He loves that. He loves the underdog role. He certainly has that underdog role this year. As I think if he were sitting right here, he would tell you, Elliot, I'm not worried what you think about me in October. I'm only worried what you think about me in February and March. So we know about Zach Rothenberg. Who could we look forward to joining him in terms of leading TABC this year, whether it's sophomore or freshman? Well, we certainly brought in some very talented kids. We have a couple of returning sophomores. It's going to be interesting to see, like a Joshua Wartentile and, and a Josh Lehman, whether these kids can jump up, take another step. Your cousin, Jacob Rosenfeld, you know, defenseman for the team. We have a very interesting group of freshmen. You know Akiva Weeder, who comes from Noam, is a very talented defenseman. And then a lot of other freshmen, which Norm is currently developing. Oh, we did. We brought one from that SAR group was uh, Jonathan Sturm, who who was Gordy Kolb's line mate on that eighth grade, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade championship teams. It's a team that has potential. The real test as to where TBC finishes, both in the standings and at the end of the year, is going to be not where they are in October, but where they are in February and March. So if that freshman class develops to the point where we hope they can develop, then there'll be a real competitor this year. If they don't develop that, then you're looking towards next year when hopefully these freshmen develop for next year along with an incoming class to complement them. Okay, so now we're getting down to that four, five, six bubble teams. My first on the list is Ramaz. Last year they were three and seven, missing the playoffs. Only five returning players, including uh, Jacob Horowitz, uh, Miguel, Ali Hadid. Their additions: uh, Zach Wilds, Zeke Chernoff, Jay Clarissenfeld, and Richie Hafif, who should start in net for the Rams. It's a young team that's going to need help on the scoring end. Uh, Ali Hadid was a bright spot on last year's team, but also fighting for that final spot is going to be JEC and MTA. The big question for JEC is going to be whether or not there is somebody that can make good on the offensive end to hold up what Jason Silverstein's efforts do in the goaltending end. The question is going to be, is there anybody that's going to be able to step up and help carry that team over 
a Ramaz team or over the hump or even over an MTA team. So what happens at the bottom end of this division is going to be determined, I think, just like we said before with the East. I think the, the West is going to come down to the schedule. Looking at the schedule, Ramaz takes the takes the brunt of this. You know, Ramaz has to face TABC, Frisch, and SAR twice. They're going to be facing Hillel, MTA, JEC, and Westchester only once. So they, therefore, they could potentially end up 4-6, and six, not not to their own doing, and completely miss out on the playoffs. And a team like MTA or JEC could sneak in above a Hillel and Westchester team just because of the, of the schedule. It's hard for me to imagine saying that JEC is sneaking in. I can't imagine JEC is not making the playoffs because the fact of the matter remains, they have arguably the best goaltender mm-hmm certainly in the West, and then who can compete on a level with a J.K. Friedman. I mean, the fact is, if Silverstein played, you know, on any of the top teams, we could talk about him as a superstar. No question. I mean, a bona fide superstar. He's, he's, his skill level and talent level is unbelievable. It and, is definitely top. And J.C. has two. some very good defensemen. So it's hard for me to imagine that they will not play a lot of low-scoring games. The schedule is favorable. It would not shock me for J.C. to even be the third seed. I mean, let's put it this way. They have MTA twice, Hill twice, and Westchester twice. Can you not see them going 6-0 and from that stretch? I mean, maybe one. I mean, maybe 5-5. Five five. Five 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 one. One. I'm saying, but... It's hard for me to imagine that JEC one is not a playoff team and not competing near the top because they have a favorable schedule. They have the best goalie, arguably, in the division. If not, maybe the whole league. I mean, it depends where you want to put them par with Jakey. And it's, it's hard to, you know, they have defensemen in front of them. As long as so they get, Marcus. they could win every game 2-1, to one, one nothing. Just like the possibility for DRS to do that as well. So, Correct. So, so, you know, JEC, the DRS of the West. You yeah. cannot, you can't, <laughs> you can't sleep on them. And, and you know, one thing's for sure, that they'll, they'll work hard. John Silverstein We'll get that team to work hard and to care. So, yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps up the JV division. So that wraps up our preview for this season. Very much looking forward to seeing what happens. Thank you very much for joining me, Mel. My pleasure, Elliot. Thanks. Have a great night. Once again, that was TABC Varsity head coach Mo Fuchs, a very respected voice in the Yeshiva League hockey community and a pleasure to talk with. Next week, we will have Flatbush head coach Avi Bornstein on to do something similar for Varsity and Junior Varsity basketball. The first hockey games will start Tuesday and Wednesday night in Kushner and DRS, respectively. Uh, We'll have more on those games for you next week. Now, hockey fans, it's time to release the preseason rankings. Please remember that these are only my opinion and not gospel. Should you disagree and want to change my opinion, I only have one rule. Don't tell me, show me. Talk really is cheap, and if you want to change my mind, you got to do it on the court. Also, as Mo alluded to Norm Blumenthal's famous quote, I'm not worried about what you say about me in October. Let's see what you say about me in February and March. If you don't like it, there's plenty of time to change it. Uh, for varsity, we'll go bottoms up. Uh, 16 is Solomon Schechter. 15, Heschel. 14 is JEC. 13, Mag and David. 12, Rombaum. 11, MTA. 10, Flatbush. 9th, North Shore. 8, Hank. 7th, Frisch. 6, SAR. 5, Ramaz. As Mo said in that conversation, you have those guys bunched up and could possibly be better than the 13 in the East. I happen to agree. Third, uh, sorry, fourth, Hafter, third, Kushner, two, DRS, and one, TABC. For JV, starting from the bottom, 17, new entrant, Shari Tora, 16th, Westchester, 15, Hillel, 14, YDE, 13th, Mag and David, 12th, MTA, 11th, North Shore, top 10, number 10 is JC, Ramaz at 9, 
Hank at 8 in both JV and Varsity. 7th is Hafter. 6th is TABC. 5 SAR. 4 Flatbush. 3 DRS. 2 Frisch. And the number 1 JV ranking goes to Rombom. Before we go, I do want to give a snippet of the segments that we'll be having. So last year, we ended off every show with a Words from the Wise. Over the summer, I bumped into people who asked me to go a bit further with it and talk about why I feel that the quotes are so important, much in the same way that I express my feelings about the quotes that I use for my tournament. So starting next week, I will spend a few minutes at the end of each show doing just that. I'm really looking forward to this season, both on and off the court, and I cannot wait for tip-off and puck drop. This season is here, and we're here to once again make sure that you're all caught up with everything that goes on in the Yeshiva League. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County, or on the aforementioned Nakamsekal app. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning, starting in a couple of weeks, on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Report. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the Like tab. Let's get that number up this year. Uh, see you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Siegel Network. <laughs> Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com